Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW. void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, the shark baby has such teeth there. And it shows them pearly white. So welcome everybody Just to this latest episode of Macklin's Take with me, Andy Clark. I'm at Macklin. Hope everybody's well. Hope you're enjoying the Euros. That's been uh, that's been very welcome actually over the last couple of weeks. Where are we now? Two, three weeks. Just have some football on every day to to get stuck into. I kind of forget about it. And then, and then before I know where I am, I'm, I'm getting involved in Hungary against Portugal. That's a great thing about tournament football, just having some sport readily available all day, pretty much on a, on a daily basis. As I mentioned last week, we're kind of cantering towards a summer break with, with Macklin's take. Um, We've got a couple more to come. We've got a couple more, episodes to come and we will be continuing that kind of theme we started last week where we just ask people just for some recollections really of of this last 15 16 17 months or or however long it's it's been now um positive ones you know we're looking for we're looking for the highs not and the and the kind of i was going to say comedy lows low points often don't contain an awful lot of humor but but on Macklin's take we think that we can we can find the humor in pretty much every situation and the people we invite onto this onto this podcast they they share that ability that's why that's why they get the get the invite so now today anyway we are talking to to someone who has been in boxing for a good long time he's been in boxing for a good long time and I would say that he is a man who knows how to get things done uh, if there is a deal to be done, then this gentleman can find a way of doing it. I think it's fair to say. Although one deal he didn't get done um, was signing Macklin. He, he was keen to sign Macklin at one point. Uh, there's loads that we could talk to him about. I think he was on Trish's podcast last week or a couple of weeks ago, so we won't tread over uh, too much of the same ground as as, as Trish. But uh, there's 
there's uh, it's a rich vein. This this is a rich seam of of material, and he's got his new enterprise underway as well, uh, Fight Zone, which we'll which we'll definitely talk about. Uh, the man in question is, of course, Dennis Hobson. Uh, Dennis, how are you? Firstly, so how, how did you let Macklin slip through your fingers? Then I mean, what you know, what happened there? I've never been any good at fishing, and and obviously it was a bit of a slippery eel. I were I were chasing him. Um, and obviously, when I did my stripes with 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 Clinton, and then when we, I know um, Matt were very close with with Ricky, and when I go down at Billy Graham's gym, uh, Matt would be about, and uh, we eat it off me, me and his brother Seamus, and uh, and I'm the sort of person who I want to I want to deal with characters. Yeah, I want to win things, and obviously you've got a pedigree, but Matt fitted that Billy got pedigree, and he's a he's a very likable character. Uh, so I thought. I'll enjoy the journey with that kid. Like I did with Ricky, even though Ricky were a superstar. Uh, I love the journey. I love the crack because I don't forget where I come from. And Matt's a little bit like that. He doesn't, he doesn't take himself too serious. There's a glint in his eye, but the kid could fight. And, uh, and I thought, we'll, we'll have a right journey with him. Um, but, you know, it wasn't to be. There were times where we, I thought, well, we've got a bit line and we're going to do some bits. But you can't. I mean, who can fault what Matt's, what Matt's done? He's been on the big stage. And I were always looking from afar, supporting him. And uh, I've always had a, the ultimate respect for him. And every time we see each other, there's a smile on his face. And, you know, there's, there's no grudges bare. I'm, I'm just saying it'd have been a world champion if it'd been with me. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> if Stuart Alls and Jamie McDonald's and, and uh, you know, Clinton, I mean, Matt had got more pedigree than them. So who's to say, Matt? So I don't want to f- make you feel bad. If you'd have been with me, pal. We'd have had a, a bigger strap than what you had. If sports the babies. <laughs> <laughs> At least you were there, pal. You've got a you've got one of your belts is more than what I've got. <laughs> so what happened what happened from your side with that one then, Matt? Timing, I suppose, you know, um, I think timing's key, isn't it? Um yeah. you know, you make decisions with what you know or what you think you know at the time. You know, uh, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um if you think the same now as you did 20 years ago, you've wasted 20 years of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I like that. That's a, that's there. That, that's definitely, definitely accurate. Definitely accurate. So the first thing I'm curious about, Dennis, is um, correct me in a minute if I'm wrong about any of this, but um, you made your money in in, in scrap metal. Um, I, I don't know if that business is 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 still is is still going on, um, but but that's where you made your money. So you're a very successful business and uh, entrepreneur. Uh, we could definitely describe you uh, as that. And you decided to to come into boxing. And I'm always really really curious as to why people who have had a lot of success in one field decide to come into decide to come into boxing because boxing history is. One thing it shows us is that if there's one great way to lose a shitload of money, it's to it's to get involved in in boxing promotion. Um, so how did it how did it happen? And why um, did why did you decide? Yeah, I think this is for me. Well, I was um, I played semi pro football, and but I had two or three amateur fights, so I'd always trained uh, and boxed in a spar with anybody, and sometimes I used to get my boxing mixed up with my football on the pitch. And, uh, but, uh, one or two of my pals who I, who, who I used to train with, they ended up going and, um, turning pro. And I sometimes help them prepare, take them under pads, spar with them, 
And I just uh, decided I wanted to get a help out a little bit more and go into corners. Then there were a kid leaving his manager, and I said, well, why don't I look after you? kid called Robert Riley, who's training now. And uh, he had an average career, but uh, I said, let me train you. Let's see how we do. And he'd gone on a long losing streak. Anyway, he won three on the trot with me. And he got him. I got him a central area title fight, and he lost that on points. But he, I, I just thought I could make a difference. And um, on the back of, a, I used to, I used to do a bit of um, trading with a, a matchmaker called Graham Lockwood, now, a little fella. But I'd be paying him to, to. Oh, sorry, he, he helped me match one or two of the kids. And uh, one on one of the conversations, he used to talk down to me like a school teacher. And he said to me, I said, uh, Graham. I know quite a lot of people in Sheffield and, you know, with playing football and being in the scrap metal business. I fancy having a go at that promoting. I think I can have a go. Are you silly, Dennis? Are you silly? Do you know you could do a lot of money in? I mean, that's the worst thing you could have said to me. So um, I decided to have a go with, I were on the, I were on the back of a, a coach going to watch Sheffield Wednesday at, uh, playing a night match at Ipswich. And one of my pals who just owned a, a little nightclub I says, I, I fancy having a go at uh, promoting. His, his name was Mark Platts. Uh, and uh, he said, well, I'll help you if you want to sell a few tickets. So anyway, we put the first show on at the Octagon Centre in Sheffield. Glim Rhodes were the top of the bill. Uh, I'd ask Brendan if I could put him as the top of the bill. And uh, we, we both set ourselves a, a bit of a competition to see who could sell the most tables and most tickets. And uh, I think I just edged it anyway. And then I just got the book from there and... and, and uh, I just went on from there because, like I say, I know plenty of people around Sheffield and I used to, people who I'd do a little bit of buying and selling with the scrap, I'd say, look, have a table off me, have a table off me. So it went from there, Andy, and that's uh, how really I started and then obviously attracted one or two more kids to come with us and then Clint Woods walked into the gym uh, just to train and I'd had, a, I'd had a little bit of a layoff from promoting and, and I thought, well, let me have a go with this kid. He was raw, he looked nothing. And uh, but it were a popular kid, and and we we put it on a, a friend of mine's country club, and we created a bit of an arena inside the uh, inside the gym, gymnasium, and it just went from there, Andy. And uh, you know, it's like anything; it were like Clinton's career. I did, I, I had a go at it, see how it was, consolidated, did a few more, and it's same with Clinton's career. We won an we won a central area title, and I thought, oh, I don't know how good he's going to be, this kid. That's with the exciting bit. And that, I think that's the same with me with the, the promoting. And uh, obviously, I cut my teeth with, with, with Clinton. Uh, and there were highs and lows and me, you know, trying to get Clinton big fights, flying over to Miami, gate crashing Roy Jones's um, um, press conference and throwing Clinton on the stage and things like that. But they were all things. I think being in the world where I've lived in, my dad were more than a character and, and, and he were a compulsive gambler. And I'm not opposed to flicking a coin. I once flicked uh, a coin for a fight with Clinton and Joe Calzaghe. Uh, I did a double of quits for 50 grand with uh, with Frank Warren. And I lost. And I got Robert Davis, my solicitor, and he was like, "Can I, I'm allowed to swear on here, by the way, Andy. You are? Yeah, and he went, oh, fucking hell, Dennis, what are you doing? And I went, shut up, Robert. I said, we'll, we'll toss this coin. And, and anyway, Frank, he, he got the coin out before I did. And it were like, a, I mean, there's a longer story to it, but I think it was just the playing a game of poker, which I can't play poker, by the way, but I can play poker in, in business. And, uh, and and I'll do what I can to help get the kid the best deal. And that's what I have done for did for Clinton. And I think that's the reason why, well, I know that's the reason why 
I ended up promoting Ricky for four fights because they'd seen the, the work I'd done for Clinton. So what what did how did you how did you find it when you got into it? I mean, was it was it similar in any way to your to, to scrap metal to the scrap metal industry? Was it was it different? I mean, it's it's a pretty unique industry, boxing, and the reason why people have come into it from the outside sometimes and just had their pants pulled down, quite frankly, and gone run running screaming into the night is because they come in from a different angle um, and they just can't they can't acclimatize. They just they can't make the they can't adapt basically it's just it's just it's too wild west for them yeah because like notoriously or historically the scrap metal business has had a few savory characters in it but compared to the boxing game it's no why and uh it's just there's nothing more honorable as a man to to do combat with somebody and you've seen how the banter before and then everybody hugs each other because they've earned mutual respect uh it's the people in and around the boxers and some, you know, because boxers usually aren't business people, they get in all sorts of advice and their heads get turned. And that's what's happened with me. You know, one of the uh, most famous ones were when Jim McDonald, I took him from uh, the two domestic losses and I took him 13 and 0 all the way to a world title. Did my brains in at, at the Keymore in, in Doncaster, the football ground. Uh, him, and, him and Gavin said they'd done me 10,000 tickets. They did it at the most 1,000. So I did my brains in there, but it was the achievement that I was after. And I thought, well, I'll gradually plug, you know, pick a bit of money back. But then obviously he did a deal with Eddie uh, behind my back. And uh, the boxing board, we ended up getting a hearing after about 18 months. But by that time, you know, the ship had sailed and I got peanuts back through through the boxing board. But it's it's a business that's... um, it's like anything in sport, like football. I suppose people come in, these chairman going to go into football. It's it's not like any other business because there's a lot of emotion involved. So sometimes you'll bid for things where in if you're just using your business sense, you wouldn't do it. The, the hours and, and grief I've had trying to create and, 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 and be successful in boxing, if I'd have put that much time to my scrap metal business, I'd have been a lot further forward than I am. Um, but it's the achievement I love. Uh, and I have, you could say, I have my pants pulled down by one or two because I've trusted one or two people, and I've helped, and I've helped a lot of people. I won't mention names, but you know, I've had people being a bit, um, what's the word, not as honourable financially with us as they should have been, and people who have helped come into boxing, who's used us to move on. And um, I'm sure Matt will know one or two people I'm talking about, but you know, we won't mention them, but. You get these people in and around boxing because they want a moment of fame and they find and they think, oh, there's a bit of an angle here. Um, so it doesn't help the game. And that's why doing what we're doing, which we're obviously going to talk about on the fight zone, I'm trying to do something with, which is a little bit unique in boxing. And that should help boxing uh, be a bigger concept. I know Eddie's played a part and Frank's played a part uh, in, in, in building the profile. And well, you think about it. They, it's not them really in a, in a way, but they've, they've, they've given the platform is we, we've got the Euros. I'm a big football fan. I'm a big England fan. Um, and I want us to win at anything, but what do we win at consistently on the world stage? Boxing. We're the best in the world. Our nation, especially now we're the front runner. The Yanks are looking at us. 
So we're the best. And and I just want to I just want a piece of that. And I've and I have fortunately been involved with five or six, you know, get kids to world titles on five or six occasions. Uh, so I feel privileged in that in that respect. But I've took kids to world titles apart from Ricky, really, uh, who shouldn't really get there in a lot of people's eyes. So I didn't pick the Olympians up, the GB squad kids. I've done it with your Stuart Halls, your Jimmy McDonald's who were coming off domestic losses. People like that brought Carl Thompson back from retirement. People say, oh, he shouldn't come back from retirement. He wins an IBO world title and then chins David A in a world title. So, you know, and Clinton Woods were the fourth time are asking. Uh, winning, winning, winning world titles. So I, I persevered, and a loss with me isn't the end of your career. It's a learner. The L stands for learning, not losing with me. And uh, and that's because if I look at somebody, and and it's it's same what I've said to one or two trainers. Oh, I know he'd be on the end of a. Uh, if they said to me, I know he'd be on the end of a dodgy decision, and I went, yeah, but his stock's gone up. I said that's how I see it. He's lost, but his stock's gone up in my eyes. And sometimes a kid getting beat in a dodgy decision. Uh, it sometimes opens things up. People will go, well, he's lost to that kid. If he's lost to somebody, I'll take that. Well, they don't. that doesn't tell the story. And sometimes you get opportunities through having a loss on your record. So there's all different positive ways of looking at anything. And uh, uh, somebody who's 25 and zero or 30 and zero doesn't tell the full story because it might be a, a padded record. And uh, I like to see what kids have got brain-wise under the shirt. And, 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 and sometimes... Even now, I'd I'd like to take some a kid on the pads and just see mentally where he where he is, and me get a connection with it with the kid because I'm not in boxing just for having fifty fighters and every one of them being a number. If we go and win something, I want to share that memory and know that I've got a connection with that kid. And even though we've signed a lot more fighters, I want to have a connection with every kid that we sign, and that's why I'm in the game. Matt, listening to Dennis there is it's it's really obvious. You know the the passion he's he's got for it, and we we talk about this quite a lot when when you see people who are enormously successful in in their own right, and they they come into boxing. And on the one hand, we think, ah, oh, what are they doing? You know, this is what are they doing? You know, they they've got this great thing going on. Just stick to that. But on the other hand, we we do understand it because it is like we we always say it's like once you're in it, it's like a drug. Uh, and listening to Listening to Dennis talking there, he is, he he's an addict. <laughs> he's an addict. One hundred percent, he is. Yeah, yeah. It's the, look, the, the, if you're a businessman, and this is a businessman scrap metal. I don't know the scrap metal business, but like you said, there's plenty of characters there in that. But you look at boxing; it's just the ultimate, isn't it? In terms of the the, the characters, some shady, some hilariously funny. Um, and you look at as a businessman, you're probably looking at boxing thinking, "I reckon I could do that." I reckon you look at Eddie Earn on the telly there and he's, smash, he's obviously smashing it. Daniel too, and he's packed and the sweet. You know, it's, it's, an, it's an intriguing business and, you, you know, it's an exciting business. Now, it's the, uh, it's, it, the, the thing about, uh, you're talking about addiction, <laughs> he's addicted. But it's, the, thing that, the, the biggest thing with addiction is the highs and lows, isn't it? You know, the extreme emotions. That's, 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 gamblers aren't addicted to winning and losing. They're addicted to playing. You know what I mean? What gambler do you know that can leave the table when he's, absolutely already gone way above what he thought he was going to win. He can't leave because he's addicted to the the, the emotions of the up and down. Um, and listen, Buxy's got every... Uh, <laughs> like you said, I, I'm trying to think of the word. You, you said characters. Yeah, that's that's one way of putting it. <laughs> but it's... um, 
No, look, you, you look at Las Vegas there, Madison Square Garden, two o'clock in the morning, the fight game, an unbelievable fight. Who, who doesn't want to be a part of that? And if you're, if you're somebody that you're a people's person and you're a straight shooter and you're coming in with the right intentions, you probably think, well, I want to come in there. I want to enjoy the ride and I want to be able to maybe help or guide a young fighter's career. And if he wins a world title and I played a part in that, I'll get a massive kick out of that. Hey, everybody, sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher. How are you doing, sir? I am uh, in hell, thank you. Are you uh, excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes. It's called the Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to the Desiring Capital Podcast, coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, go! It's always struck me, Dennis, that you you need, there's just quite a complex sort of blend of of characteristics you need if you're going to be able to do this, if you're going to be able to promote in boxing, particularly, like you say, if you've not got the... um, the pick of the Olympians and, and things like that, and you've been operating and doing the kinds of things that you've been doing because you have to you have to maintain that that in a sense that kind of morality your your own sense of morality in 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 terms of how you would like to do things um, and you want you want to treat people well you want them to treat you well but you know that that's not always going to happen um, and so you know that there will be times where. In, in business terms, you're gonna you're gonna have to have it bare knuckle out on the cobbles. I mean, it's it's there's so there's, there's so much to it. There's so much to it. I mean, what was there a, a point early on where something happened and you thought to yourself, I just don't know if I can if I can deal with these people. There's just too many fucking idiots. Um, I was treated. I got the sense that obviously coming from up north. Just being a scrap metal uh, uh, merchant and and not being an ex-pro, only having a few amateur fights, uh, and it worked to my advantage, especially when I was trying to make Roy Jones uh, uh, the Roy Jones fight for Clinton. I got treated like a little boy sometimes. Uh, yeah, be a good lad, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you when we when we're ready and all that. And I thought I didn't I didn't take it as a disrespect. I thought, well, I've got to earn my stripes here. I've got to prove myself, and and I think that's what one thing I've always been blessed with. I never got any qualifications at school, but I, I could always add up. Um, probably adding my, my dad's betting slips up, probably that to help me um, uh, add up. But I, I, we always raced grounds, and and uh, the story is when I first got into the scrap metal, I never wanted to get into it. My dad were into it. I never wanted to get into the scrap metal. My mum and dad got divorced when I was younger. And all I'd got, I got no money, and I had to sell a ground to a, an ex-footballer called Terry Curran to buy a pickup truck. That's all the only thing I got. So it's a bit of a Jack and a Beanstalk story, and that's how I started in the scrap. So um, I've digressed here a bit, Andy. What were the questions? Sorry, Paul. Well, just just what was there a point early on where where you looked around the kind of landscape yeah. of boxing and the kind of people that you were going to have to deal with, and just thought not not by any stretch thought I'm not tough enough or I'm not savvy enough. Did you ever look around and just think? This this can't really work because too many of the people involved here mm. um, just uh, are idiots. 
Um, <laughs> I like your choice of words. Um, yeah, because what drives me on, I'll give you one of me. My dad, I got a lot of sayings. The wise man can act the fool, but the fool can't act wise. And sometimes I'd play that part and I'd say, well, they think they're smarter than me. I'll use that to my advantage. I've done it with, when I've done Persbys with Gary Shores. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even deal with me when I was trying to do Clinton. Uh, I'd done Clinton and Rico Oy. I beat him in a purse bid. Uh, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you this story, Andy. So he rings, um, he rings me up, Gary Shaw. Hey, Danish Gary Shaw. And um, what, you know, we, we know we would like to, you know, make the fight with Hoy and, you know, what you're offering. So I offered him, like, say, $80,000 for the vacant tiles or something like that. So he's playing me. So I, I didn't get, get a good vibe from him. So he's going backwards and forwards. Yeah, you know, if you, you just offer us another 10, 15,000, I think we can get it over the line. So I've already sent, sent my purse bid in to the IBF. So the purse bids are open at 12 p.m., 12 noon, uh, uh, New York time, East 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 Coast time. So meanwhile, he's keeping me talking. He went, Dennis, I'm, and this is like 12 o'clock our time, five hours before the, the, the purse bid's open. So he's, I says, Gary, are we going to do a deal before it goes to purse bid? I think if you give another, so he got me up to about $100,000 by then. So he says, if I, I think I've just got to get a hold of the guy, I think another 10,000 does the trick for us. So I went, okay, we'll do that. I knew he weren't going to come back. He says, I'll call you back, probably be in an hour. I'm waiting by the phone. He thinks I'm not going to put a purse bid in because he's kept me talking. Lindsay took the chairman of the IBF, 12 o'clock their time, 5 o'clock our time. I can remember where I was. I was in Jersey walking in the town centre. Hey, Dennis, Lindsay Tucker here from the IBF. I'm pleased to tell you you've been successful in your purse bid for the light heavyweight championship of the world. There's somebody here who wants to talk to you. I went, okay, Dennis Gary Shaw, you owe me. I went, how do you work that out? He went, I put a lesser purse bid in so you could win it. And I went, Gary, you thought I was a, uh, a, a mug, didn't you? He says, Dennis, you don't understand. I went, understand this, fuck off. And I put the <laughs> phone down on him. <laughs> and, that, and so you know, I've had to play a game with these so-called big hitters, and and then when I was trying to when when I couldn't do the Calzaghi fight um, for um, my missus is laughing at that one. Um, so when I when I tried to do the Calzaghi fight with 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 Frank with his little funny handshakes, and I'm and I'm sat down there with him, and um, uh, joke pulled out of that fight. I'd done the deal for a million quid for Clinton for Calzaghi. So I goes over um, to New York, took Clinton with me to see Ken Hirschman, who was the head of boxing at Showtime at the time, and I got on really well with him. Now, it's Dennis, we want to put Clinton on the show. Um, bless him. Uh, ooh, Dan Goosen had bigged uh, Clinton up because Clinton had just beat Julio Gonzalez at the time. So I said, uh, uh, it's Dennis, uh, I think I'm better off doing the deal with you. Uh, it's a Gary Shaw. Gary Shaw's promoting it in Tampa. But Gary Shaw wouldn't deal with me direct. Showtime had to do the deal with me. So that were a compliment to me because I thought Gary Shaw doesn't trust himself with me. So oh, that's I did, great. I did that, the deal with Showtime. That's a brilliant. That is a great story. I love that. Understand this. Fuck off. Mm. <laughs> Matt, it, Matt, it's, it's, it, so 
being underestimated is, is kind of insulting, isn't it? In in a sense, you know, we've all had it. You feel like someone's like Dennis was saying there. They're kind of like patting you on the head, but you do get a lot of this in boxing, don't you? You get people who who underestimate their competition. They're trying to play someone and they don't understand that the person they're trying to play has been around the block a few times and they know that they're trying to play them. They see it, but but it doesn't, I don't know, the certainty of stupid people. I think, you know, that's that's the kind of, you see a lot of that, don't you? Yeah, but but, but also people do underestimate people, don't, don't they? Like Dennis said there, he earned his stripes until, until he's come in and proven himself or anyone has in anything. People do underestimate you. But then you you, you know they, they deal with you a couple of times and, and they realise oh actually uh, you know that we've got to take this guy seriously. Um, but listen, it's a massive advantage to you if people underestimate you. Massive advantage. It is absolutely, absolutely. I think I think, I think Andy, what happens is um, there's a lot of egos in boxing, and you've got to have an ego even to do what I do. And, and you've got to have an ego to do what Matt's done because you've got to believe and you've got to fancy yourself. But it's when you fancy yourself too much. Now, the thing about me, I think, is, and I get it from my dad and from my nan, I don't take myself too serious. I'm successful, yeah, but I don't forget where I've come from. So I'll sit sit with people who are just like, you know, on the street and have a drink or whatever, or, you know, the hierarchy. Um I don't take myself too serious because in any you're going on about how how have I stuck with this, and I think that's what in any situation I've had one of my little scrapes, uh, been in the scrap metal trade trade at times, and the one thing that gets you through I think any situation is having a sense of humour, and uh, and I think that's what gets me through, and and I, I think you do have lows like like Matt said, and I could have just gone through my life just just steady away, just earning a few quid and been in scrap metal and and whatever and uh have one or two characters in there but the highs you've got to know when you're gonna have lows i'd rather have the roller coaster and, and going back like you say 20 years ago we're all great in hindsight i could have done things a lot better but um i wouldn't i don't change i wouldn't change a thing in, in in a lot of ways because i've been successful in a lot of ways and i've been privileged but you, one thing about doing what we're doing and matt will tell you this i'm sure is there's going to be big lows. If you're going to have extreme highs, there's going to be big lows. It's life. And there's a price to pay for anything. And and and, and I think that's what I've um, experienced. And, you know, hopefully we're on another journey because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that my journey's not finished yet in boxing. My missus has asked me to pack in a few times because she sees, you know, how I've helped people sometimes and then they've done, they've stabbed you in the back sometimes. But there's still some good people amongst the shit people in boxing. So it's just being able to find them. And, and I think I've got the best team where I'm working with now better than ever. Even when I had Ricky and Clinton, I'd, I've got better people around me now. If we do get to, to, to a higher level, which I'm hoping this, this channel does achieve, uh, we'd, we'd better geared up to, to, to sustain uh, and stay in that position and create a, a longevity and hopefully a, a, a legacy for, for years and years to come. We'll have a good fight zone chat in, in just a sec. But talking about the talking about the roller coaster, I, I couldn't agree more about the sense of humour point you make there. By the way, it's yeah. absolutely critical to everything, um, and it comes with not taking yourself too seriously. Whenever I see ego enter the room, whether it's on the fighting side or the TV side or whatever it is, you know that there are going to be problems. You know that there are going to be problems. Ego, um, ego ruins 
everything. I mean, I mean, it can be quite entertaining sometimes. I've met I've met some some Alan Partridge doppelgangers in my time doing this. People think that he's a fictional character. Well, he is a fictional character. People think that characters like him don't exist. I can tell you, they definitely do. They definitely do. I've I've Christ, I've spent time with 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 quite a few of them. Uh, anyway, anyway, just. Probably not an easy question to answer, but um, before we get on to fight zone, what what would you say is your highs and lows? What would you say was the kind of like the biggest high and maybe the deepest low so um, far? I think the biggest high was the the journey I had with Clinton Woods. It will always because he was my first, uh, and I went up and above, uh, run myself into the ground because I went I was dealing with a kid who who wasn't as natural in front of the camera and I'd get some of his pals in around Sheffield saying to me, how come he's not as famous as Joe Calzaghe? Why are you making him as famous as that? And you either tell him to F off or say, just go away. Uh, because they don't, you know, you're trying your best, but Clinton wasn't a Ricky Hatton. He wouldn't go out and meet and greet and a great storyteller and, and stuff like that. So that made it doubly uh, difficult because uh, I wasn't just trying to build his profile. I was just trying to work on him, his um, technical side and, and moving him, I took him to Philadelphia, sent him over to Spari, fires like Ula Clementson. Um, and it was it was a long journey, but uh, but I I didn't know what the outcome was, but I thought I were doing the right thing. And I'd work on his, uh, his psyche as well, telling him what a class act he were when we were walking in small oil arenas when he would low down the card. And 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 uh, and, and he, he walked in our gym a little broken down little gym which were damp and stuff and my dear friend Neil Port who, who helped training with me from the start he believed him and, and it was just about us three from the start and uh, and that's so all when Clinton eventually won the world title at the Magna uh, against a kid who was undefeated who was supposed to be ne- the next coming of Tommy Ernst Rico Hoy a big puncher Clinton stopped him in five rounds fantastic performance and it was on the back of the biggest low of me being in my personal life, apart from my mum and my dad, uh, losing my dear friend, Neil Port, who, who helped discover Clinton with me. Um, he died three months before Clinton won the world title. So it was like almost it was meant to be. So that was the biggest low in boxing. He died under, under some horrible circumstances. And, uh, and then, so I, in the space of three months, the biggest low and the biggest high of, of my boxing career as a promoter and a manager. So, uh, like we say, a big roller coaster. Uh, I loved the ride with Clinton. Uh, it was like um, it was like my baby brother, and that's why I think I just went that extra mile. Even Barry Ernst once said to me, he "says Listen, Dennis, no." You're on mute. Oh, no, Nobody could have got Clinton. You got him. Nobody could have got him. The money that you earned him, uh, and uh, and I, I took that as a great compliment from Barry. So it was it was a a roller coaster ride, uh, but we we did it. Me pulling. If you if you watch the Roy Jones fight, uh, I pulled him out. I threw the towel in after I think the fifth round it was, um, and I thought that will do. Where I've seen too many too many managers and and even fathers being too being very brave on the outside of the rope. Um, and I seen Clinton and get starting to take odd, odd heavy shot, and I think he took two shots, quite heavy shots off Roy Jones, and I went that that'll do. And 
you know, if you watch the Jeff Lacey fight against Calzaghe, if that had been Clinton Woods in there, he'd have been out of there after seven rounds. And but Lacey was never the never the same after the Calzaghe fight. Now, if I'd have left Clinton in against Roy Jones, maybe Clinton would have never been the same, and we would never have achieved what we achieved together. So, you know, I, I pride myself on caring as well, and and sometimes, you know, you you've got to give a kid a chance, obviously. But um, the timing, is, like Matt says, everything is about timing in life, but more so in boxing than any other industry, any other sport. It's all about timing. That, that, the Clinton Woods story is amazing. He, I was just looking over my shoulder to see if I could find his, his book in, in my bookcase. It is in there. Um, hmm. uh, everything that you talk about there is in it. Uh, it's a brilliant read. It's a brilliant read. And, uh, and Matt, don't... But I must say, some of the stuff I don't really agree with in that book. Um, I'll tell you now, and that's uh, I don't. There's a couple of things that aren't true in that book. I've never said it publicly, but uh, I don't like a couple of the things, and I don't know if it were Clinton or somebody's been in his ear or the, the author. But there's a couple of things which need correcting in that book, and I've never read it. But um, I don't. Uh, the couple of things I've read aren't hundred percent true. And I don't know why he's put them in there, but uh, the story with us is fantastic. Uh, you know, I mean, in, in talking about going back and our people patted you on the head. I've got Brad Jacobs who looked after. Uh, do you know Brad Jacobs, Andy? Yeah, I know so Brad Jacobs, top, top rank. So he was looking after Roy at the time, Matt, and uh, he was his business advisor. So I'm trying to get a fight for Clinton. Uh, who was a WBC number one, but Roy had got all the all the titles. So I'd said, Brad, it's, what's the chance of Roy fighting Clinton? Well, you're on you're on the list, Dennis. You're on the list, and uh, you know we you know we 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 bearing you in mind. But another twelve months went past, so I'm staying in touch with him. So I'd flown over to Miami to meet him, and then uh, and he'd give me the little pat on the head sort of thing. Anyway, Roy was fighting Glenn Kelly. Uh, remember when he puts his arm behind his, his back and knocks him out? So I'd rung Brad up and I said to me, pal, I says, uh, I fancy going to that fight. Do you want to go? So I rung, rings Brad up. I went, Brad, I'd like to come to the fight. Yes, we'll get you some tickets. No problem. Uh, be a good boy, that kind of thing. So I rings Clinton up on the Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday when, uh, and the fight was on the Saturday. I says, Clinton, have you got your passport? Yeah, why? Uh, we're going to Miami. Are we? I went, yeah. I booked a fight for the Thursday. We get there Thursday night. The weigh-in was on the Friday. And uh, so I'd watch Roy keep Glenn Kelly waiting about three-quarters of an hour at the weigh-in and this, that, and the other. And I thought, right, okay. Anyway, the fight took place. I steamed into the press conference after. It were absolutely packed. It were like the Trafford Centre, just full of journalists. So he was Superman at the time. So I plunked ourselves at the front. Claude Abrams were there. Don Majeski. So Roy's doing his speech and 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 uh, and and he's licking his wounds, Glenn Kelly, and he's one or two journalists giving it, you know, the arse licking sort of speech, saying, "Roy, you're such a fantastic person. It's such a privilege to be in the same arena as you, and and you're such a fantastic human being." And I'm thinking, "Fucking hell, here we go." So anyway, I thought. So I said to Claude Abrams and I said to Don Majeski, "Tell him Clinton Woods is here. Tell him Clinton Woods." They're all looking at the shoes. So I thought, what am I going to do here? I've flown from Sheffield to Miami. So I thought, hold on a minute. So I've got Clinton at the side of me. So I jump, I, I jumps up. I shouts, Roy, in my Yorkshire accent. 
everybody looked at me and I grabbed Clinton's suit coat. I went, and I threw him on the stage. I went, Clinton Woods is here, wants to fire you. And Roy, to his credit, went, well, get up, man. He gives him the mic. So Clinton, as I've said to you, wasn't the great, a great orator. He went, well, Roy, I fought the rest and I beat the rest. Now I want to fight the best and beat the best. I thought, fucking hell, Clinton, where's that come from? And Roy got holding the mic and went, you're right, you're right about everything but the last bit, man. I'll fight you. And in the New York Times the next day, he said, Roy Jones has agreed to fight a kid from the UK called Clinton Woods. And that was the beginning of how I made that fight for him. Uh, that, that's how you get things done, isn't it? That's how you get things done. It is, it is at times, it does need back to be either. that. Yeah, you're yeah, back, you're, you're back. Um, you, you, it, it needs to be that direct A to B approach. Yeah, you've got to put yourself, you've got to go where the action is or when there's a fight on and everyone's in town. You've just got to go there and throw yourself into the mix. You know, it's all right waiting behind your manager, your promoter to get things done. But, I mean, Dennis was uh, Clint's promoter. They went over there. You know, there were times I've, I've told you, you know, off when we've just been chatting about the things that Tom's went to America, waiting for a meeting, nothing happened. And then going back again a couple of weeks later, trying to make something happen, throwing yourself where you know there's a, a boxing convention on or whatever, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get, you, you know what I mean? You've got to keep pushing and pushing. And I, I love hearing stories like that where people went over and made something happen because, you know, what, what's that old, what's that quote about the, uh, the Chinese quote, man, man who waits for roast duck to land in mouth must wait very long time. <laughs> you know, it's true, isn't it? You know what I mean? You've got to go and make shit happen. And I love hearing stuff like that. Hey everybody, this is Moto G Pete from the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios. So let's have a chat about, about Fat Fight Zone then, because um You've got a car coming up this this weekend. You're you're safely in the in the fight hotel, and this is something that boxing fans, people who listen to Magnus Take, will know about this. It. I remember first seeing the kind of social media uh, campaign for it a while back, and you know you had Ricky Hatton talking about it. You had various other people talking about it, and it was quite kind of it was well done because you had these clips of people talking about Fight Zone without really explaining completely what it was, those were the initial ones that went out. So it kind of piques your interest. You think, so what is this then? It's, it's, I'm assuming it's going to be live boxing. Um, when did you get the idea for this? And what made you think that in the marketplace we're in at the minute, that, that this was something that could work? I'll, I'll, first of all, I'll say to you, so say we're talking to you, listening to you, Andy or Matt, and if, say, if you were the head of boxing at some TV network, I've got more a chance of doing coming to you and talking about maybe some shows, what we could do, how we could build a fighter. And 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 that's putting your head against the wall with certain people in, in that position who aren't actually uh, boxing people. They look at the figures and they look at and, and, and they look at the marketing and whatever and how, how many numbers. They don't actually understand the game. So there's not a lot of logic. So one of the things after all these years of trying to maneuver kids and going cap in hand sometimes to these TV execs is 
I'd sat down with a producer who'd done one or two bits for us uh, uh, as regards filming one or two shows, and he does Channel Five. He does he's done BT. He does so, and he's and he's Sheffield based. And uh, what happened was, I've always wanted. After all the years of going backwards and forwards, there's nothing like being in charge of your own destiny. So, Fox Nation, we'd had a whisper was was going to be uh, put into admin home and moved on. Um, the debt were going to be wiped out for for the Ives for, from the Ives family, you know, from Renum Steel. Uh, Frank, we're going to move it on, uh, and the the biggest creditor was uh, the Ives family. So we bid. I'd got a consortium of people. There were four or five of us. So we decided we we're going to bid for Box Nation. And uh, and we decided how we we're going to play it. We were going to take it. It were on the linear platform. There were still like 15,000, 20,000 uh, subscribers still. And I'm I'm two of them. I'm still paying and I never even watch it. One year and one in Jersey. Um, I've now, still got it. I've still got it yeah, too. It's crazy, isn't it? And so I uh, we thought, right. We'll, we'll bid for that. Anyway, backwards and forwards to the administrator, stroke, solicitor, and it were all a little bit strange, all a bit ad hoc. One minute, they, they wouldn't leave us alone and telling us what we had to bid. And then next minute, they'd go quiet on us because we thought, well, we we're, we we bid, we won the bid twice, put it, cutting a long story short. And then up pops Frank and I said, there's something wrong here. Frank's still involved with this somewhere on the line. Anyway, true to his word, he popped up and they decided our bid wasn't successful. And uh, Frank uh, had kept hold of the reins debt-free and moved on to do a deal with Premier Sports uh, and the Satanta lads in, in Ireland. Um, so uh, that was that. So we sat around the table and we said, well, we tried to buy a boxing channel. Why don't we create his own? And uh, amount of different names that we were calling it, uh, uh, up to the last minute. Uh, go, go on, give us, give us, give us some oh, of the, give us some of the ones that didn't make no, it. No, we're going to call it. They, nothing too excited, but they were uh, box out. They were fight flicks. They were uh, all sorts of things, and then uh, ev- nobody could agree. And I'm saying I'm not bothered if we call it Andy Pandy. I'm uh, Andy Pandy boxing. Let's just get on with it. The concept will be right, and uh, we'll we'll have a decent logo anyway. I went. What about that? I don't know. I thought of it. Fight zone. That sounds all right. And then my pal Phil, Phil Smith, who's our marketing and does a lot of our design, come up with the logo and stuff like that. And we all loved it and went, right, that's it. And it's just gone on from there. Um, and the concept was, uh, which is a bit unique, is getting managers and boxing promoters, small all, if you like. Uh, it's not my favourite term, small all, because I think every a lot of I mean, a lot of promoters out there like me are capable of doing some very big fights. I think they just need that little bit of belief and a little bit of a platform, which fortunately on a, on a few occasions I've managed to achieve. Um, so it's getting people who are uh, fighters, uh, managers and, and promoters who who want a piece of the action, share a piece of the pie. So Fight Zone is going to provide dates and a TV platform for different promoters, including my platform, which is uh, Fire Academy. Uh, with my partner Steve Steve Crum, um, so Fight Academy will get an amount of days. But then if Carl Greaves or Sam Kinnock or Mo Pryor um, I, I want want some days off us, which is which has been uh, discussed and and we're on with it, um, we'll give them dates and we'll film them and help build these kids from a kid will get a TV platform from zero 
from his debut. And as you've seen on our platform, everything's done top quality, the production, we've got quality talent in there. Um, and it's, and it's a bit refreshing because we, we, we're mixing it up. We're having different people on and everybody's buying into it because they do believe there's an atmosphere of everybody's part of this. It's not the, it's not the Eddie show. It's not the Frank show. It's not the Dennis show. It's about us all working together. And if a kid looks as though we can take him to that world level or whatever level, we'll, if, if they need me to help and have a piece of the action, I'm here. But it's not all about me. It's about everybody having a piece of the pie. And these kids from the fledgling, if they're not GB squad or whatever, it gives them a chance to get sponsorship or whatever, uh, you know, from, from day one. Because boxing is, 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 is a lot of kids that can't, uh, progress a career because they haven't got any sponsorship, uh, so they have to they have to carry on with the work or or or, or pack boxing in because they've got to got food on the table because they've got a young family. Where if they get a TV platform, they've got more chance of getting a bit of sponsorship to subsidise the career. So there's a lot of benefits from what we're doing, and there's stories from day zero all the way hopefully up to up to world title status. So that's the aim of it. That's the concept of it, and. Up to now, it's going very well and, and it's very positive. The vibe and the energy all the way around is very, very positive. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I like it a lot. I think it looks on screen, it looks great. I, I, I know loads of people who are involved in it and you're absolutely right about the mix of characters you've got there. All the people I know who are doing it, I really, really like and would happily work with on on anything. Um, and the, the weather's been great and the Friday night shows and it's been outdoors. It's just... Yeah, it's got off to a great start. That that's that, I mean, I'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast. It's got off it's got off to a great start. And Matt, what what I find really interesting about it is in light of recent events, uh, with Matt Troom and Dazone and Sky and Sky's announcement recently about about what we're going to be doing, is that I mean you could you could say that, that you know, Dennis is already doing what we're gonna have to do. What what he outlined just there in terms of the way he's going to going to work and what he needs to achieve, that's that that's the kind of blueprint I think really. Well, I think the way Sky are looking to move now is that obviously an exclusive deal with Eddie Hearn, a very successful partnership that went for over ten years. But things move on, and I think now with no with you know Frank got a deal with BT and Eddie's obviously jumped over now to the zone. It's like, well, who, who's the next person who fills that void? And I think it's a case now where they've gone with someone completely new and it's almost like an, an open market, as in like anyone can come and put a show on at Sky, but they've got to go via Boxer. That's the company because they want, you know, they want to know they're going to get a certain product, a certain service, it's going to be of a certain quality, but they want then uh, Boxer to work with anyone, with all the managers so anyone who's got a good fight or, or, or a good business plan for a, a, a particular show, I think they can approach, this is my understanding anyway, they can approach a boxer and uh, Sky potentially could televise that card. Dennis, what have you made of all of that over the last over the last few weeks? I mean, we, we, we got into the Matri Design thing with Chris McKenna a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we all kind of knew it was going to happen, didn't we? We knew it was... was happening had happened we're just just waiting for the announcement what people didn't know at that point was what sky's response would be we we know a lot more about that now yeah typically typically of you 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 weren't sitting around waiting for anybody else you went off and did your own thing but but you Mm -hmm. must have looked at all of that with 
with interest uh, and conversations maybe were had between yourself and Sky or, or, or will be in the future or you know what what if what has your experience that I told you looking at it all I think uh, what 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 you do is it's like if, if I'm doing a deal with you on anything whether it's them books behind you there's a deal to be done I might do a part deal or a contra deal with you and 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 he's saying maybe with Sky we act fight zone as far as I'm concerned here to stay um, but if there's some ways that we can come together on something, uh, we'll talk about it. It's got to benefit everybody. It's not, you know, it's about the fighters, but without a promoter and, and a platform, <clears throat> there's no fighters and vice versa. So it's got to work for everybody. And he's telling Dennis, me... Dennis, you know, so with, with, with Fight Zone, do you see it almost being as in like, I don't know, let's say Sky is HBO. Yeah. But Fight Zone is a lesser, it's not on that level of sort of exposure or funds, but it means that there's still a platform. Like you said, you mentioned about fighters that can get sponsorship. It's like, okay, maybe it's lower budget. Maybe it doesn't get this anywhere near the same viewing figures, but it keeps things moving. It's still it's still exposure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think uh, but I'm, we're very optimistic, Matt, that this can, um, you know, and it, it's all down to, People's got to subscribe. I mean, he's he's it's relatively cheap. What we're it's one pound twenty five a week. What we're what we're where we're pitching ourselves. Um, so for for the and already the quality of the fights, <clears throat> as you've seen, we've had some smashing top of the bills. Um, so uh, we're 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 very happy with our product, and um, we I think we've set a, a marker down. And um, but as regards moving forward, Matt, I'm 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 very ambitious in whatever I do, and. I want to put some world titles on our on our platform, but <clears throat> that that doesn't mean to say that we wouldn't be opposed to doing something with Sky if something works. Now, if Sky, I would have thought after the Eddie episode, we'll we'll we'll, we'll realize that they're not Julius Caesar, and the and 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 there's, there's, there's sometimes you've got to be able to work with people and not just think you're you're the number one because you know look what Eddie's done he's jumped he's used them and to jump ship on a for a bigger fish than a you know meteor bone. Well is their mindset now hopefully it is where they're willing to work with somebody. I mean there's been times where sorry Matt uh I've um I've done the same fights. So if if there's a, if we can sit around a table I'll look at any deal. If I were doing a deal with you, Matt, I'm sure we will come to a compromise which suits everybody. And our motto is, Matt, everybody feeds from our table. And so why shouldn't that be everybody's motto? Because we've brought a lot of promoters and managers together already. So why shouldn't I continue? Which Because there's, there's a big pie out there. And if we all work together, boxing, it'll be a lot bigger. We, we struggle to get the back pages of any paper. I know there's not as many papers these days, but... It's always football, football, football. Boxing should be a lot bigger in our country because it's the most successful sport we do in our country. So Sky, working with people like us, there's, there's got to be a, a conversation where I'm sure we can come together. I know we can, but it's if there's a will on that side. Yo, I'm DK, co-host of the One Star Recruits podcast. My best friend Rip and I host five-star athletes, celebs, business leaders, comedians, and coaches from around the world. 
each week, I can guarantee you the show will always have great laughs, catch up on life's in relatable ways, and have a ton of fun. We're recruiting you. We are the one stars, which means we can ask the questions that no other podcast asks to guests like Joey Chestnut, Evander Holyfield, Bobby Hurley, Jenny Finch, Ryan Lochte, Montel Jordan. New guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts, One Star Recruits. Well, as we understand it, Matt, as you described it accurately um, earlier on uh, with regard to what the what the the plans are, and and it's you know this is an exciting time for the sport, isn't it? Because Matchroom have got their stable and it's very strong, um, and they've come to the zone, and we'll see we'll see how that goes. But there are plenty of other fighters out there. Frank's got his stable too, and there with BT, and, and and he's got some good fighters. He's got a strong table, but there are always people coming through, and and. As Dennis outlined before, you can make things happen. You can build people up. You can find these characters. You can, you can get out there, be proactive. Um, it, you're not, you're not on the outside because you're not in a certain league or you're not part of a certain championship or tour. You know, this is this is the business we're in. You've got to get into the guts of it um, and make some noise. Yeah, I mean, look, boxing's boxing's can, can be. At times, it's a, one of the, the a negative is that it can be it's so fragmented. You know, you know how many different titles are there, different weights, different sanctioning bodies, different commissions. You know, different TV networks. You know, for example, I remember so when I when I fought Felix Sturm, and I was going over and I fought uh, Sergio Martinez, I got the fight. Now, if that fight hadn't, if the Sturm fight hadn't been on American television, even though. I just lost a bad decision to the number two middleweight with Martinez being one. There's no way I would have got that shot because there'd have been no viewer recognition. I mean, even even as it stood, the fact that that fight was on Epics as opposed to HBO, there would have been some hesitancy in, in making me and uh, Sergio Martinez, even though I've just had a fight with Felix Stern, who was number two, let's say, in, in the Ring Magazine rankings, and I got a bad decision. And even though that was on American television, because it wasn't on HBO, there was some hesitancy instead of making that fight straight away. They wanted me to have a fight on HBO first. So there was viewer recognition with the people that subscribe and buy and watch boxing on HBO. So it, it, more TV channels in, in one sense is a bad thing because it's diluting things. But another thing, if you're someone that's not getting on TV, at least you're on TV. So in one in one hand, it's a great thing. In another thing, is it is it just diluting things even more? But then if you're the person that's not, that's not on TV, you're thinking, well, at least I'm on some channel. So it's depends what way you look at it. I mean, one upshot of it is that it, it's great for fighters, isn't it? I mean, it has to be, doesn't it? The, the more platforms, the better. You know, that is good for the boxers. Yeah, it is. But it, it, yeah, it is. It is. It is. But it, like I say, there is a point where if it gets too fragmented, that as a casual, unless you're a hardcore fan, listen, I, I know, I, I get the. the the sanctioning body madness in boxing. We get we get it all. We understand it all because we're in it. We're in the we're eating, sleeping, breathing. You're a casual fan, really. You're a football fan, but you'll watch the odd big fight. You know how do you keep up with the sport of boxing between the different titles and the interims and the super titles and you know and which who's on what network? It, it must be chaotic to follow if you're only a casual fan at times. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's. I don't think there's any. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. We just kind of get used to it, don't we? To the point where I, I, 
we don't even really notice. But then when you remind yourself, if you just kind of stand on the outside of it for a minute and try and think but, about but, but how also it might you... look to somebody who's not initiated, it is pretty odd. It depends where you're coming from as well, though. So we, we can moan as people in boxing, as fans, going, ah, it's too chaotic, that boxing. There's too many titles. There's too many commissions. There's too many different networks. And, and we can moan about that. But if you're a fighter that's getting on one of those other net, newly formed networks and you're getting double the money you would have got boxing out without TV, how can you moan about that person? And ultimately, it's about the boxers, isn't it? If the boxers are getting paid more money and fighting more regularly and they're getting a bit of exposure as opposed to none, on a non-TV fight, how can another channel be a bad thing from that point of view? 100%. 100%. It's just going to be absolutely fascinating. The next, um, Matt was saying it just before we started recording, the next, I said the next few months, he said, no, 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 the next year, the next couple of years, It's it, it really is. There's We can't talk that much about, about the Sky plans. We do know more it's a really annoying thing for me to say but but it's just going to be it's just going to be absolutely fascinating and and Dennis what do you having described your your route into the sport and your background generally and the the things that you um the challenges you've faced and the things that you've managed to achieve um are you curious to see how how Eddie Hearn is going to get on now he's he's not exactly an underdog because the zone have got you know this huge budget but all of a sudden he kind of is in a different position to the kind of position he's been in before because he's not got that massive platform and reach and reach of of sky i, I never go down the you, you know people talk about eddie and say silver spoon and all the rest of it and and yes he was born into unusual boxing circumstances but that's not you, you play the cards you dealt. That that's that that's all there is to that. But he, I mean, you might. This is certainly it's the longest question in the world. But <laughs> are, you, are you curious to see how he's going to do? Yeah, um, because I, I think if uh, I, my belief is that if Eddie had been into decided to go, go into the music, I think he'd have been making eyes as though he's with the best musician in the past because uh, he knows how to sell. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he could he could sell me double glazing any time. I'm sure. But he's um, he's a great salesman, and and I believe that if the meat if the bone wasn't meaty enough, he'd be out of the game. That's what I believe he is. I don't think he has the same passion, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing because he's a, he's a very successful businessman. He's he's got he's got a lot of polish about him. Um, but I think if things start to go wrong, I don't think he'll hang in there. I think he he'll he'll, he'll move on because I think he'll look for something that's less less hassle. Uh, the reason why he's in the game is because it's, it's been very, very lucrative for him. And obviously, he's got a very lucrative contract with the zone. So it'll be interesting to see now he hasn't got the, he's not insulated like he has been with having the, 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 the Sky platform and that fantastic machine that Sky has, like we said about Sky Sports News, all the channels, Sky News, everything is at that platform which is promoted and, and the, the marketing in Sky is second to none. So the uh, zone has got to uh, float on their own uh, two feet now, and and uh, it's it'll be interesting to see they're throwing a lot of money at it. Uh, I don't know where it when eventually they get the money back. Will they? I don't know. But um, they're putting great fights on. But you know, using that old character Julius Caesar, there's always wanting somebody wanting to topple him, 
uh, and knock him off his perch. And I think, you know, he's, he's, he's ruffled a few feathers over in the States and uh, there's certain people over there who'll be happily pitting his downfall. So, you know, he's, he's, um, it's going to be interesting and intriguing, like you say, but uh, going back to what Matt said, I think there's, there's plenty of room in the market. There's an all in the market for us. And I think we'd like a, not putting ourselves down because I like to think I'm, you know, I, I can be, I can play in the champ in, in the in the Premiership, uh, but I think we're like a, a strong Championship player where there's a market there, and now and again we we get into the Premiership and we have a good FA Cup run and things like that, and I see that's where we are, and we can do sometimes do deals with some of the, you know, the Manchester Uniteds and Man Cities of this world in the boxing world. There's 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 a place for us, and uh, I think in the next couple of years I think we'll develop. Or as own as own world champions, and uh, and then you know if there's if there's a world champion on our side, and cutting through the politics, like I didn't get on with Frank, but I sat, I sat around the table for the benefit of Clinton to make the Calzaghi fight. It was Joe who pulled out of that fight. Me and me and Frank came together to make that fight, and whichever channel it was going to be on, I were happy with the deal I got for Clinton. So if there's enough people with the same sort of mindset in the game then there's a piece of the pie for everybody as far as I'm concerned. Dennis, would you see... So, Lou DiBella, years ago, used to, when I was with Lou, he, um, you know, he'd signed, he had Sergio Martinez with HBO. Yeah. Me, me and Sergio was on HBO. He had both fighters in that part. Obviously, then he had Sergio fought Julio Cesar Chavez. And he would have made, I guess, 20%, you know, the 80-20 split type thing that they have in America. I guess he did well out of that. But... Yeah. Lou used to have this series going on called Broadway Boxing, where he'd done his own shows in and around the New York City area. Now, I, again, I'm throwing figures up here. Don't hold me to these. These could be wrong. But let's say he lost 10 grand on every show and he'd done 10 a year. So he's losing 100 grand a year. You'd think, why the fuck would you keep putting on those shows if you're losing 10 grand every year? But it's keeping things moving. It's keep the fighters out. They get a win. He gets into a position. He gets up with the, the IBF, whatever, whatever. And Lou knows he only has to do one fight on HBO and he's 20% of the fighters' person that pays for that whole loss of the 10 shows on Broadway boxing. But on the 10 shows, he kept things moving. He got his fighters a win. He moved him up. Do you see fight... I'm not saying you want to lose money on Fight Zone, but do you see Fight Zone being maybe an acceptable loss as long as you're keeping the business moving and then actually for a bigger fight you maybe do that on sky i think there's there's, there's possibility and and you sound like a typical boxing promoter here matt um <laughs> you know i have i have played that role many a time lost to get kids maneuvered uh i, I do get on great with lou de bella by the way and and i think he's one of boxing's great characters um and if I were to do some more business, I've already reached out to talk to him about what we're doing. And it, this sort of characters that I'm sure we can come together and do business with. But yeah, I mean, look, think about it this way, Matt and Andy, that Sky will buy overseas fights, yeah? So now and again, why not do something and regard us as like almost the same principle, but it just so happens that we, we, most of our fights are going to be in the UK, but we are going to be moving around. We're doing a show in Malta. Um, so uh, there's going to be fights that we're going to do, and and if Sky want to come sit down with us and, and and work something out, our doors always open. I'm always on for business, no matter what. If you wanted to buy, come to my yard next next week, Matt, and buy a bit of old scrap metal, then 
My door's open. My door's open in the boxing world as regards, let us sit down. If something works for everybody, let's 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 do it. Why not? This, this, like we said earlier, forget about egos and forget about it being about sky. Let's find a way that something's not hurting somebody. There's, there's, a, there's a dual benefit. Let's look at the positives. No, and so many, I mean, Frank and Eddie, what they've done at times, they've signed kids so the other one can't have him knowing that they, they've promised the kid five fights a year, knowing they can't deliver five fights a year because they haven't got enough TV, of the TV platform. So why do that? Why not say, well, even if he signs for him, it's like uh, somebody once, uh, they were a company where I was buying the scrap from, and they were, a, they were another big company who, who were trying to get in this company, and I were already selling them this this company the scrap. So he says, "Well, why do we? I said I went and sat down with him and said, "Well, why do you want to buy the scrap twice?" He went, "What do you mean?" I went, "Well, I'll sell you the scrap. I'll earn a few quid on the job, but don't go in the firm and try and get it off me because I'll already sell it to you, but I, I'll get a bit out, I'll get a bit of the action out of it." And it's same sort of principle. I think them principles have helped me in the game of boxing. And if we can all take that sort of mindset and look where there's a compromise, where there's a dual benefit instead of somebody going. I'll keep them weak so I keep out in front. Then the then the game doesn't grow. The game doesn't grow. So yeah, this if 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 this deal's to be done, we'll sit at whatever at whatever time and occasion. If if we're taking a, a bit of a back seat and let somebody else front run, we, if it's for the benefit of the fighter and 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 everybody, we'll we'll work any deal out. Well, I think I I think fight side's great. Um, if if People listening keep to this, the if you... drum, and they keep beating the drum. Four ninety nine every month. I won't spoil your Sky contracts if you kept you get you beating the drum for as well. No, 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 not at all, not at all, not at all. No, if, anyone listening who hasn't who hasn't checked it out, look at have a look. Um, put a fiver down for a month and and see what you think of it. But it's good. It is. It's really good stuff, and there's been some good fights on it already. And and as Dennis said, the uh, the look of it and the production side of it is, um, you know, it's up there. It's 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 really good, good quality, really good standard. Um, yeah, and everything you just said there is is that's why I think you know the more people involved, the the more likely it is, I think, that people will collaborate because if you've got historically, if you've got a situation where it's two people vying with each other or two people trying to share power, if you like, that doesn't work because one will always want to try and dominate the other you spoke about julius caesar earlier on and in ancient rome um this is where my degree comes in useful it doesn't happen often uh, in ancient rome at one point they had a triumvirate uh, and the theory behind the triumvirate was that if you had three people in charge then it becomes much more difficult for one to try and dominate so if you extrapolate that out then the more people you have involved the more likely it is that they're going to try and find a way to to rub along, uh, to rub along together. Um, before we let you go, uh, we've been doing this the last the last couple of weeks, and we're going to keep doing it the next couple before we take a bit of a, a summer break. This last 16, 17 months has been just an absolute madness. Just, just not something that any of us could ever have imagined. Generally speaking, how have you found it? Do you think you'll come out of it feeling like this was a, a positive experience? You're definitely a positive person. Um, will your memories of it be more good than bad? I hope they will. Um, yeah, just your thoughts generally. Um, I'll be glad when it's over. 
I, I'm, I mean, I had the COVID in, in, in November and uh, I had it. Well, I had I had the COVID quite bad, and uh, and so it's not you know it's not some pretend thing. Um, but the the eyes were that we we did plenty of outside catering outside our house. Um, we had a, a bar set up. My missus is good at the catering and 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 and, the, and uh, making sure we've got plenty of booze available. So we had one or two great uh, evenings. But uh, I think you've just got to try and take a positive from anything. At, you know, like going back to. The, the the experiences you've had in life. I had to. I lived in a little ten foot caravan uh, while I was trying to make a living in uh, on a Skegness market stall, um, working for like pounds and and not making a living. So I think if you look back, I think you've just got to evaluate and say, hold on a minute. There's a lot worse people off than us. Uh, our country's at the forefront of of developing in like a, a vaccine and getting and making us as, as safe as possible. Um, and there's, there's always somebody worse off than you. Um, I'm just trying to put a positive spin on it here. But I am all obviously enjoyed every minute of it because I like the freedom of being able to walk down a road, drive down somewhere or go where I want. And and I've created that sort of lifestyle for myself through, through graft. Um, so I don't want it taken away from me, but I'm not one of those who just wants to rebel just for the sake of rebelling. And I feel that one or two do that, even though we've had enough of this. And I think certain things could have been handled slightly better. But, you know, every country in the world could have handled things better. It's been unprecedented. But uh, I think you've just got to stay positive. And I think using a positive, looking at a positive as regards fire zone, we've created something. We were the first in the UK to do a driving. I don't know if you saw that. Andy, yeah, I did. Yeah. So we're just looking for positive ways. I was doing a, Last year, I'm, I'm the president of Matlock Town Football Club, who are a non-league in the uh, Northern Premier League. And I were doing a, um, a, um, a music festival, two-day festival. Now, England are the, one of the favourites to win the Euros. They were last year. Now, I'd got two-day festival, and on the Sunday, the last group, what were playing for us, and imagine if England had got to the final, was the Lightning Seeds. Three lines on the shirt, then playing live at Matlock Football Club. Now that would have got interest from all over the country, um, even worldwide. But what a what a day that would have been. So I had that taken away from us because I'm trying to help our football club, um, pro, you know, progress. So we'll do that again. I've I've thrown a few quid at that already, and I haven't got bottomless pits to throw at all these projects. But um, I'm always looking for a positive. There's always got to, you've always got to look for a positive in a negative um, situation like we've had. And, uh, and Fight Zone's born out of that in a way because we're putting shows on outside and we were hopeful and we were gambling that June the 21st we'd be able to get inside. So that's knocked us a little bit. So we're having to re restructure, if you were, reschedule, should I say, um, uh, some, one or two of the shows. But... What's happened is because there's not as many shows going off, we've got maximum exposure as regards people like yourselves, you and Matt, looking at what we're doing. We've already stole a march on uh, other promoters by doing regular shows already, and we've had some cracking top of the bills already. And they're not world titles, but at their level, they've been fantastic entertainment. And uh, we've seen what, you know, one or two maybe of, of uh, stars of the future. So, 
fight zones arrived. Everybody in the country's talking about it. And hopefully it's just going to grow and grow, but it's not going to grow unless people subscribe. So it's going, we're going well. Uh, but I want us to grow great because I want to put world titles on. But there's always, like we're saying, some collaboration as regards Sky. If BT come on to us, uh, HBO or Fro Showtime or anybody came on to us, Channel 5 or whatever, we'd, we'd look at doing deals with them to to put a bigger and better show on, which benefits everybody. So our door's open. If you want to spread the word, Matt, and uh, our door's open, I'll do a deal. I'm a deal maker. Uh, so... I, I, you know, it's got to work for everybody, but let's have a go at making it work and let's make boxing stronger. And using uh, one of the um, speeches that Matt's just said about all the kids are going to benefit from, from more platforms because they're growing the brand and all of a sudden they become relevant. They haven't got to get a 15 and 0 before BT or Sky look at them. From one, two, three, four, five, and zero, they're going to become uh, an attractive brand because people's going to they're going to have their own um followers even though they've never met them because people's going to like the look of them on our platform and then they might progress onto sky or bt or whatever if that's the platform they'd be on but hopefully they stay with us because we're strong enough to take them to a world title but if there's a if there's a, a co-promotional deal to be done like i said i've done with frank and and gary shore and and showtime in the past i've done i've done them deals well, let's do them again. I'm here. If Ben wants to ring me or I might ring Ben and say, look, shall we sit down and see if there's a way forward? Happy to do it because I know I can help him, but it's whether he wants to play the game and, and do a bit where there's a bit of a dual benefit. So if if that's the mindset, there's a deal to be done. There you go. There you go. Perfect place to finish. Perfect place to finish. As I said at the start with, with Dennis Hobson, there is always a deal to be done. He is a deal maker. He is a deal maker. Uh, I was talking to my wife last night actually about we're talking about reality TV for some reason and and how some of it needs 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 a little bit of a a bit of a shake up. De- Dennis Hobson replacing Alan Sugar on The Apprentice. How about that, Macklin? <laughs> yeah, I'd watch it. <laughs> my problem is I won't fire anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, get him in Dragon's Den at least. Get him in Dragon's Den at yeah. least. Like they could do with a few new faces on that. Um, you know, you know it's, it is interesting, you know, when, you, when, when Dennis talks there and, you, and even the whole conversation about Fight Zone and, you know, we're talking about how boxing's fragmented and, you know, if it was more cons- centralised, it'd be a much bigger sport. You look at the UFC, I think it floated for four billion or more, been three, whatever it was, it was a lot of money. And that's MMA and MMA is not as big as boxing as a sport, let's say. So, of course, you'll say that's a negative, that it's too fragmented and there's all the rest of it. But if you speak to the guys that fight in MMA and you speak to the guys in boxing and what they earn, you know, in terms of the, what, what's in the pot to how it gets split, I mean, I, I, I don't know the exact, but I know that basically the person who wins in the MMA world is Dana White, the UFC. And then, you know, outside of Conor McGregor, forget him. Who, who else is earning that kind of massive money? Where in boxing, the fighters are getting you know, a decent share of what, what, what's been made. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's it. Exactly. And, and everybody's not everybody, but a lot of people there, their ambition is to, is to completely dominate and establish a, a monopoly in the UFC. I mean, it isn't a complete monopoly because there's other organizations, but monopolies are not good. Like there, there's a reason why historically there have been anti-monopoly commissions and things like that. There is not a good, uh, situation. Um, anyway, we'll 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 wind it up. We'll wind it up there. Um, 
Dennis, thanks for this. It's been great fun. Uh, we knew it would be. We'll definitely do it again. And uh, next time we do it, hopefully it will be in person. And who knows? Maybe it'll be on a Friday, Saturday morning, sitting around shooting the shit before we're working on the same show. You having done a collaboration. Uh, I wouldn't rule that out. I wouldn't rule that out at all. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody, as usual. If you could get on to... Can I just tell you one of my ambitions is to work with you and Matt? Because... <laughs> I want to work with characters. I know, obviously, know Matt a lot better than you. I know he's a character anyway. So uh, I'd love to, uh, even if you're not working on Sky, come down to our shows and you'd be made welcome. We'd get the red carpet out for you too, obviously. But uh, I want you to come and sample the atmosphere and how boxing should be where there's a bit of a, like, we we drop as egos and there's a bit of a, like, we're like the carry-on team. We keep moving around, going to different places, and it's the same characters there, but we, we're creating, we're progressing. So I'd love you just to come and have a look at the atmosphere there and feel you'll feel part of it. Now, why can't we do that uh, working alongside yourselves at Sky? I'd love to be sat on a platform with you two because, you know, as, as you can tell, I'm passionate, but I, I want to be around positive people and you two fit that bill. Yeah, well, that would be great. We'd be, we'd be all over that. We'd be absolutely all over that. Do you just... Yeah, but, well, Carry on boxing. What an idea that is! Like, how come the team back in the day never made that film? You know, it's just absolutely perfect for it. Can we can we do a remix, Matt? Shall we? Who do you want to be? Andy, you can be Barbara Windsor. Put some threatenings on you. I think with my background, I'm probably more Charles Hawtrey. I don't know who Macklin would be. Sydney James. (laughs) Carry on boxing. (laughs) <laughs> carry on boxing i love that i love that okay okay well we, we will we will finish there um what was i going to say yes if, if people could get onto itunes and give us a review and give us a rate that'd be great um and we will be back we will be back next week Look out to Miss Lottie Linya and old Lucy Brown. Yes, that line falls on the right babe, not that Maggie's back in Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.